Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the football weekend betting recap. I'm stuck in with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Back from a wedding today? Who had a wedding in, in October? Uh, my cousin, and let's do a shout-out to her because she listens, downloads podcasts. Oops. Thanks sorry. for having a yeah, thanks for having a <laughs> wedding. She told me a year ago, she goes, Cousin, I want you to know that I'm getting married in the fall, but I'm gonna make is that it. What on she a... called you? Did she call you cousin? Yeah, she always starts everything with cousin. She goes, Cousin, uh, I just want you to know I'm getting married next year in the fall, but uh it's gonna be on a Sunday, not to not to ruin your college football activities. And I was like, uh thank you. It's not the only thing I bet on. I mean, it's like Sundays are well, a working day. Saturday for you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean I mean, and from the state of Arkansas, Saturday's a bigger day than Sunday, so I see it from her perspective, but Sunday's still a working day for us. All right. Well, we'll get to all of your college football. We'll start with a recap of the NFL. Looks like underdogs had a pretty good day at nine and three. Chargers lost again. Offensive line, disaster. Phillip Rivers with the ball, down seven, 99 yards to go with a minute left in the game. That is vintage Rivers and throws a pick, doesn't get returned, then the game does stay under. Tennessee, an absolute disaster. Mariota benched, uh, Tannehill in, still couldn't do anything. Denver wins 16 nothing at home, easy under there. And then we had the Cardinals beat the Falcons. Dan Quinn's got to go. I mean, that Falcons defense is just... Matt Bryant's got to go. Master. I mean, Matt Bryant misses the extra point to much to the chagrin of the Atlanta backers uh, who either were laying two and a half, money line, or minus three. Skins win the toilet bowl, and the Dolphins look like they'll get the first overall pick, 17-16. That is all I'll say about that. So wait, the Redskins are two games out from first place in the NFC East. The (laughs) NFC East is is very bad. The Cowboys are a mess. I believe if the season ended today, you would have in the AFC, the Patriots, obviously, with a bye, and the Texans with a bye. And then you'd have the Chiefs hosting the Raiders and the Ravens hosting the Bills. The Colts just sitting outside the playoffs, and then the Browns, who are 2-4 and four in the 8th seed. In the NFC, you'd have the 49ers as the 1 seed, the Saints as the 2 seed with buys. Then the Packers hosting the Vikings, and the 3-3 three and three Eagles would be hosting the 5-1 and one 
Seahawks. Uh, so that would be your playoffs right now. The NFC looks a lot deeper than the AFC. I will say that. But yeah, the NFC, the skins are two games out. Uh, let's go through some other quick games. We have to recap the turnover fest, which was the Bucks having seven turnovers, five by Jameis Winston, and the Browns having four turnovers, three by Baker Mayfield. I mean, atrocious by those two. That was really the story in that Browns game. I mean, the Seattle gets another prayer win. They, I mean, the refs are horrible. A personal foul on the Browns is the single worst call I've seen in the history of the NFL. I tweeted it out. The Browns were blocking. The wide receiver was blocking, and the, I mean, the defensive back initiated contact, and the Browns guy blocked him, and they called it an illegal blindside block. It was bad. The Seahawks get up 6.7 yards per play. Defense remains terrible. That team remains uh, completely overrated. A team that is not overrated, which I was wrong on today, is the 49ers. They were excellent. Robert Sala was just dancing on the sideline all day, had that defense balling out. The Rams, I don't know what they were doing during the bye week, but they were a mess. Goff, I mean, just so much pressure for the 49ers. Goff finished with 78 passing yards. I mean, I know Gurley didn't play, but man, Kittle, who was maybe going to be limited, was dominant for the 49ers at over 100 yards. And, uh, you know, Garoppolo wasn't great, but the defense for the 49ers was awesome. And the 49ers get a big road win on a short week without their tackles and without use check. That's a big win for the 49ers. State. Yeah, and I think a big thing is, I mean, I said this on a bunch of radio this week, is like, who have they played? I mean, they had faced uh, offenses and defenses that are ranked lower than 20th on both sides of the ball. So really, you couldn't make a claim that the Niners have played anybody. But, I mean, they get a big win against the Rams next week, the Skins. So, I mean, this is just going to continue on. Yep. Saints get a big road win. Teddy Checkdown was back, and uh, they're <laughs> throwing short passes, and they were running the ball not really successfully. But the Saints found a way uh, to win with their defense. They held the Jags at 226 yards and 4.1 yards per play. A well-deserved road win in Jacksonville in an ugly game. Houston beats KC. KC drops two home games in a row. Offensive line a mess. We know the defense is a mess. Uh, the defense, you heard Carlos Hyde saying into a camera, they can't fucking stop us. You hear that You hear that in every single Chiefs game. The Chiefs get up 472 yards um, in the game to the Texans. That defense oh, is a mess. Only had 20 minutes of possession, too. I mean, Houston was ball control all day, had, had the ball almost 40 minutes, uh, and ran 83 plays. So, I mean. And then the Jets beat the Cowboys, which means Jason Garrett will probably get an extension. Sam Darnold back, and he gave them a, a – downfield threat and opened up the offense he was he looked good today and Robbie Anderson you know had that 90 yard touchdown uh Dak Prescott underwhelming Zeke 100 yards but on 28 carries at under four pop that Cowboys offense looks completely different than it did early in the year lots of offensive line trouble though they had uh, that's the thing yeah. I mean losing uh, their both of their tackles that's that's one of the main the, reasons I was on the, the Jets today the Jets had eight quarterback hits today against the Dallas offensive line so they're just not healthy up front whatsoever that Dallas offense line is the crux of their team. And then, well, we, I guess on Thursday night, we had the Patriots and one of the most painful losses I've ever endured in that under. Three non-offensive touchdowns in the game. Uh, and then the Patriots scoring late to finally put the game over. Who cares? Ravens beat the Bengals. Oh, my God. Who cares? And then the Steelers beat the Chargers. I think that one of the main themes today was offensive line trouble. You just, mm-hmm. you struggled. You know, teams that either had injuries or have been struggling with their offensive line uh, continued to struggle tonight. Um, all right, let's look ahead just to Monday night quickly. I played the Lions plus four. Mm-hmm. I figured this line would drop. You have a huge discrepancy in the injury reports on both of these teams. The Packers had to think about like 20 people on their injury list on Friday. The Lions are pretty close to getting back to full health. They're coming off of a bye. Look, I love the Packers. 
And, I mean, it's a good spot for the Lions. The Packers are coming off of a win at Dallas. The Lions off of a bye. They just, to me, though, they just remain undervalued, especially now that they're healthy. The Packers are bagged up. I love this Lions team a lot. I mean, they have talent on the outside. The interior of their offensive line is excellent. You know, you want to see why the Rams are struggling? That is not a problem for the Lions. But one of the best interior offensive lines in football. So they, they don't really give up pressure up the middle. You know, one of your your Arkansas guys, Frank Ragnow, up yep. there. And that, that's been a big part of the interior of their offensive line. But they, they'll man you up a lot on defense, and they have good cover corners. They have a great defensive line. So I, I really like this Lions team, and I think they can go to Green Bay and get the win. I know they've won four straight against Green Bay, but it, it's, that's just narrative-based things. The Packers had like backup quarterbacks for most of them. But I think the Lions go up to Green Bay, and this game is really – close so I took the four points the Packers are not fully healthy yeah I mean I'm on the Lions too uh, I have them in uh, the Super Contest Gold Contest uh, and then I have some money on it although I have not gotten in the app I need to get this in the app but uh, for me it came down to the same thing the receivers are uh, you know top five in PFF grading for the Lions uh, they were in Kansas City's red zone I mean, just every single drive, they, they were causing havoc. The Lions are a quality team, and I think they're going to be able to give Green Bay a little run here. And then I, I think, you know, seeing Green Bay live and seeing them in other games, they come out hot, and then just LaFleur goes into a funk with the play calling, or maybe there's just discontent. I know, I know that Aaron Jones is, is getting better and better as the weeks go on, but uh, I think the Lions are going to present a real challenge here for all four quarters. Jamal Williams looks like he's going to play. Mm. So when he plays, LaFleur is trying to give him and Jones more split carries. I think that offense is so much better off when it's mostly Jones, as we saw in Dallas. But Devontae Adams is out. Darnell Savage, who's been a huge part of that secondary, is out. So I think those are two big losses, especially Devontae Adams. I mean, he just makes that pass offense. He gives them that, that explosive factor that they really lack without him. We're both going with a dog here on Monday Night Football. All right, let's move on to college. We'll get to your voicemails shortly, and we'll go through best call, worst call, bet, regret. But generally speaking, how, how was your Saturday? I had a huge day. I think I was around 13 and 6 on the app, but uh, at some point in the morning, I was about 7 and 1. You know, later on the day, I was pushing money back and forth. And, you know, the the whole Texas OU thing is, you know, I took OU and, and the 9.5 when it came down on, on uh, one of the books uh, where it dipped down below 10. And uh, Jalen Hurts coughed the ball up once and had an interception down in the red zone. So two red zone attempts that turned into, uh, you know, Texas possessions. That's what killed that point spread right there. Um, there's nothing in that game that told me that Texas can hang with elite college football playoff teams. Uh, they're a good team that can make a New Year's Six Bowl. That Oklahoma defense, think of all the defenses that I saw yesterday. I think Oklahoma defense may be one of the best ones that I saw. They just swarmed to the ball, which is so much different than what we saw last year. But a big day for me on the app. If I was going to go best call, worst call, I, I would start off with my best call being Notre Dame first half. Uh, we disagreed on the podcast about how we felt about that game and what side we should take, and we both ended up cashing. So my theory was that Slovis would have a hard time uh, getting back up on his feet, getting in sync and getting in rhythm with his wide receivers, uh, and that Notre Dame would be able to come out and stop the air raid from going in the first two quarters. I didn't like Notre Dame full game. I liked them in the first half minus six and a half. It took a little bit longer than I thought for the Notre Dame offense to get going with Ian Book, but by the time halftime came, it was 21-3. It was a very comfortable cover. By then, I had flipped over to the numerous Iowas and Florida LSUs and everything else that was going on, and USC gave them a real run for their money and almost pulled off the outright upset. 
I had a good day as well. I think I went 12, 7, and 1. And the one was Florida. So you saved yourself a steak dinner because Florida couldn't get in the end zone late. And I had them plus 14, which but it shows the value of getting the best number. Because the only reason I was only going to take it if I got 14. But that was a frustrating end. That and then Iowa, who dominated Penn State. Not dominated, but they were the better team. Too late to cover and didn't get it, obviously. But Iowa, 356 yards, 4.9 yards per play. Penn State and that offense that puts up 80 against dog shit had 294 yards at 3.8 yards per play. Not a good look for the Penn State offense on the road. But they got the win, which is all you want for with a young quarterback on the road. But Iowa, two-point conversion away from the cover. Don't get it. And I just knew the whole time they're going to get on the score, go for two and not get it. It was just a nightmare. I'll say best call, Tennessee getting a win. And for the seventh straight week, our Moneyline parlay, <laughs> our Moneyline underdog split for those parlaying them. So another profitable weekend with our Moneyline dogs, but we just can't marry them together because Arizona couldn't get to the window. And that is a consideration for worst call, but I have something else there. I'll also mention Miami and the under on Friday night and then the Western Kentucky under. Uh, I know you cashed Western Kentucky also, uh-huh. but uh, the Western Kentucky held Army to eight points. We you know, went into detail about how that Western Kentucky run offense is real. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Army finished with eight points, 208 yards on 48 plays. They held Army to 137 rush yards. That's really good. So the Western Kentucky run defense was as legit as we thought. Worst call? I mean, look, by far, Sparty. Woof. You want to talk about complete, utter domination? Go look at the Wisconsin-Michigan State box score. Wisconsin, 402 yards, 6 yards per play. Michigan State, 149 total yards, under 3 yards per play. At least I had under the 41, and the Michigan State, after doing nothing all day, got down to the red zone in under 30 seconds. And I said, they better not score now and ruin my under. And then Rocky Lombardi, who had to come in, he threw a pick. And then it was knee time in Madison. But Sparty, talk about an absolute bomb of a call. So I'll, I'll say that is my worst call. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk that regret. That regret, I got to say, not taking to, uh, South Carolina. I was waiting on – I was at 24 and a half. I went to 24, and then I was waiting, and it still went to 20. And I never got a piece of South Carolina. And what did I say? This is sleeping Georgia month, and it bit them. They lose outright. We'll get to the implications of that. Uh, that, and then on um, Texas Live, it, it was – you know, I had a chance to get plus 17 and a half. When Hurts fumbled, I thought I was going to get like 21, and then you know the Oklahoma's going to score, but Hurts fumbled, and then I just was too greedy and waiting for a better number that never got involved uh, when, with Texas when I could have gotten 17 and a half a few times. That was my bet regret. How about you, worst call and bet regret? Yeah, worst call for me is going to be by far the uh, UMass and LaTeX under. Took under 63. That number went over in the second quarter. You didn't bet uh, UMass though, right? I didn't bet UMass and I didn't bet Akron. Uh, you know, both ended up being losers. Uh, and and the thing I'm was, glad I could help talk you away from that. I really appreciate it. actually everybody on Twitter giving me the whole "How can you do this? Why? What are you doing? You know, go sleep on it. Think about it for a while." Turns out, by the second quarter, this under sixty three was waxed. It was over. Let me say this: This is true of the years I've been keeping power ratings. At least nine years since I was doing it on paper. This is the lowest ranked FBS team. I, I mean, the Idaho's that have relegated itself to FCS 
I have never had a team ranked this low in a power rating. It's, it's quite amazing. Bet regret for me, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast last week that for as much as they're undefeated and we don't think they're very good, uh, they are good uh, at stopping explosive plays. And we said that, you know, Nebraska was a walking turnover and they can't get out of their own way. And that Minnesota was going to find a way to easily cover the seven half. They didn't find an easy way to cover. I mean, they blew them out. Okay. Adrian Martinez didn't play. That that changes the dynamic. But 34-7, to seven, I mean, what's going on with this defense? Jesus. I, I should also mention that LSU, look, I can't be that bad that I didn't get a cover in that game. I upgraded LSU after looking at these, you know, after going through all the box scores. And we'll get to any of your box score frauds shortly. But Joe Burrow was excellent again, 21-24, 293, three touchdowns and no picks against that pass defense. He passed his test against mm-hmm. the top 25 pass defense. LSU, 10.6 yards per play against Florida. That is extremely impressive. Uh, Joe Burrow now first in passing efficiency at 218.1. That's ahead of Tua. That's ahead of Hertz. Uh, and uh, all three are now ahead of the single season record that Tua set last year of 199.4. In fourth place, guess who it is? Your boy, Tanner Morgan, ripping up these te- top 10 teams every week. Just kidding. This schedule hasn't been great, but look, you got to give Minnesota credit for another win. Row, row, row the boat. All right, let's get into our voicemails before we go through some of these results. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Stucky, this is John from Philadelphia. I'm sitting here watching the App State. Louisiana game. I bet the over because I saw a comment on the Action Network podcast. I'm sitting with my European, Hungarian wife here, not even an American citizen. She told me she'd give me a hundred bucks if I called you a So I'm calling to call you a because your bet sucks. And then I'll cut into the losses that I get from following and telling your loser picks. So you're a sucky. And that comes from Esther from Hungary. Hi, Sticky. It's Esther. Your pick is suck. Sucky. That was Esther. That's a Hungarian European that football to her is soccer, and even she knows your pick sucks. All right. So I don't. Why, why was that guy obsessed with telling us his wife was Hungarian European? I think it's a mail order bride. It's a ninety day fiance. I think it's on A and E or TLC. That's what it sounded like. They called in to let you know how they felt. Yeah, you got to love the weekday solo games. If they go wrong, because people are apparently betting their rent on them. Look, it's a game that would be on a Saturday. If you bet you know, 15 games and you lose a couple, they're just in isolation. Um, then the next night on Thursday night and then Friday night with the Syracuse under, which was never in doubt, the Miami under, Miami, no calls about that. But you know, if, you're, if you lose a Wednesday game, Woo, you get called a pussy. You have people from other countries Hungry. calling in. It gets brutal. Uh, so appreciate the call. This is Thomas from Baton Rouge. All year long, I heard about how good ULL got rush offense was. You're at the three. You have a better rush offense than Army, and you throw a fade. Get the out of here. Off ULL. Texas State, 
can go play in a dumpster. They're a terrible team. Look at the last minute and a half, two minutes of that game, and they pissed away the cover up. And then they go and jump off sides on a fourth and one. Texas State, you did everything you could to blow the cover. You are a trash team. I don't know why we keep putting money on these guys each week. Like, they're done. They're on the ban list. Goodbye. Texas State, let's pull up their schedule before we move on with these voicemails. Yeah, try losing plus seven and a half live in that game. They are on a bye, everybody. <laughs> on a bye. Round of applause. There will be no Texas State money. And then they're at Arkansas State at ULL. Yeah, but, home against South Alabama. You got any spots circled here the rest of the year for the Bobs? Yeah, here, here's your spot. Everybody else can circle. Tyler Vitt is the new quarterback. Gresh is hurt. Maybe going back to Montana. Who knows? But Tyler Vitt was relieving, what, Willie Jones last year? We love Tyler Vitt. He's the explosive quarterback that we need. So, yeah, there's going to be more money down on Texas State. Um, all right, let's move on here. Thank God the Bobs are on a buy. I'm so happy. <laughs> Colin, I need you guys, particularly you, to take all this shit that you have at Texas State. I don't care what their ISO PPP is, what their stuff rate is, what, how many push-ups they can do, their Stop telling us to bet these teams. They're dog. Did you actually watch the game last night? How could you ever bet a team this back? Please watch the games actually, then refer to the stats. Love you guys. Keep up the bad work. Michigan State, I'll tell you what. Class of the Big Ten. What a great pick that was. Number two in the country in my yards. Number one in the country in sucking. They are terrible. This is Arizona Pete calling in because I listened to the pod. Colin was really adamant. Lucha Libre, some bullshit Mexican wrestling is what's going to cover the spread for UTSA. Well, I don't know who's the bigger idiot, me, for buying that, or Colin for thinking that an off-campus wrestling Mexican, whatever the hell it was, is going to make some sort of difference in a football game. The Lucha Libra going on outside the Alamo Dome. There was a new champion crowned. You know, UAB was not covering the number for three quarters. And then Bill Clark decided to put it in there with five minutes left, uh, kind of break the hearts, win the game by 19 against UTSA. I still think it was a good cap. All right, moving on here. If I have to hear one more time about how Nate Stanley is an NFL prospect, Kirk Ferentz, I will take that gum out of his mouth, turn that tongue sideways, and stick it straight up Stucky's candy ass. Colin knows what I'm talking about. Stucky, Colin, BL from BR. It's been a little bit. Haven't called since last season. Just need to call and call Stucky out. I know that you probably got your push with Florida plus 14. Let me guess, it's voodoo like all your other losses are. But guess what? Joe Burrow and the Tigers are the real deal. Did they struggle on defense? Absolutely. They made their adjustments. No one's stopping this team. You can make your excuses all you want. Call it voodoo. Call it whatever you want. Joe Burrow. It's Edo. It's a national championship team. Go mother Tigers. I don't know why you were saying voodoo or I, I said I upgraded LSU. I tweeted that they were the real deal. I said they were the real deal. Do, do you understand? Betting is just about trying to get a number. I didn't think Florida was going to win the game. And I wanted to get 14. I wouldn't play it at 13 and a half. We were live on a radio show, and I said, ooh, it ticked the 14, which means I have to play Florida. So don't think I, I don't think LSU is good if I wouldn't play Florida plus 13 and a half, but would, would play them at plus 14. And then they didn't get in on a goal line stand. But, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't any time in the last two weeks said LSU is a, a fraud. 
Somebody called in and said, you know, save your ISO PPP and save your havoc. Listen, we are a stat analytic based podcast. We start with mathematics. We start with power ratings. Uh, and then we dive into the other things about that have to do with college football, handicapping, situational spots, weather, market is a big deal. Uh, but it all starts with mathematics. And I, if you don't like ISO PPP and you don't like explosiveness, and you don't like efficiency, and you don't like success rate, you just want to hear about how, oh, this team is due, or oh, Vegas is trying to set a trap, then go listen to one of our freaking competitors' podcasts, because they will sit there and give you a trend with a sample size of nine and tell you that's the reason you should bet your hard-earned money. It's a mathematics-based podcast. I'm tired of hearing people call in with the whole dork nerd shit. We are a five factors podcast. It's a Bible to us, and that's, that's just the way we podcast. By the way, I'm a very proud self-proclaimed nerd. Browsing books as every anytime Colin is talking about wrestling, uh, I pull up <laughs> my book list. Let's move on here. It's me again from Belmont, New Jersey. Stuck. You gotta chill on the Twitter. Fucking Penn State after one quarter and then calling Colin a fraud. Oh, UMass Akron, him getting run over by a Mack truck. You got run over by a Mack truck. Penn State covered the number. And you've got to pick Penn State up in the power ratings. You know what? Stuck, you're a fraud. All right, yeah, we already went over. We ticked up LSU, but, yeah, we definitely ticked down Penn State. Getting getting a win doesn't mean you get ticked up. Yeah. Uh, I can say the, the stats again. Iowa outgained them by 60 yards. Penn State had 3.8 yards per play. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. 3.8 yards per play. Iowa had five yards per play. I mean, there was nothing that I saw from Penn State that said, Ooh, let me uptick them. Sean Clifford, 12 of 24 for 117 yards. Ooh, let me move Penn State up to number one in the nation. Let me give everybody a spoiler alert. If Penn State played Georgia, who just lost to South Carolina at home, I'd make it Georgia minus five. All right. And by the way, we're not alone. The Westgate released national title odds futures earlier this afternoon, recording on a Sunday. Penn State's 50 to one. All right. So we're not alone in this thinking. All right. Uh, let's, move. let's finish up here. This is Steve Blass in Champaign, Illinois. I just want to say I hate listening to your guys' podcast every week. You guys get backdoor covers. You think you're geniuses. You get unlucky. You're the unluckiest mother ever. It's just absolutely hysterical. And now you're talking about Washington not covering the spread and having to bet them right next week. And they absolutely blow out Arizona in the second half. Talk about your havoc defense or whatever. I don't give a shit. Looking forward to hearing this on Monday morning. Peace. All right. Well, those are the voicemails for the week on uh, two winning Saturdays for us. <laughs> yeah. You got to love it. <laughs> Can't uh, wait till we lose. Appreciate the calls. More Saturday calls, guys. More calls about Sparty. The weekday calls, you know, we kind of, I said before, we kind of go over them. <laughs> you think with South Alabama on a Wednesday night, we're not going to get some phone calls? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we'll get to the weekday games soon. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and Search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. By the way, Vanderbilt, Akron, Georgia Tech, still coverless. We don't have any undefeated teams against the spread, but they have all yet to cover. Uh, I believe Georgia Tech, I believe they had an extra point that they missed or they went for two. Yeah, they went for two. They lost 41-23, and they were catching 17 and a half, so they lost by 18. Vanderbilt. 
Yikes. Uh-huh. 15-point favorites at home against UNLV and gets absolutely trucked at home. That is one of the – I mean, that's a bad, a bad, bad performance for Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, I, it was, we probably should just hop right into box score frauds if we're just going to start. Yeah, go ahead. And now, box score frauds. I mean, Vanderbilt, the UMasses of the world. So Miami, they're not truly a box score fraud. They had 265 total yards, but just 52 plays compared to Virginia at 326 yards, and they had over 73 plays. Virginia fumble was critical. Uh, They fell on all of their other loose balls, uh, but they did have one turnover. Miami was 2 of 10 from third down. Uh, The Nikosi Perry, the the cap was his explosive passing and needed some ball protection. We got the explosive passing in the first series, got some points on the board, and then just fell asleep for three hours. I mean, that was – it was just—it's crazy. I don't know if I can go back to the well and back Miami again, but the Virginia play calling in the red zone. I mean, yeah, we were lucky to get Miami because yeah. Miami yeah. got a couple fumbles and the red zone of, of Virginia. Woof. I agree. I agree. And Penn State, we've mentioned, I mean, just 294 yards to 356 for Iowa. Florida Atlantic had 364 total yards to Middle Tennessee's 459. Same number of plays. I got lucky there. I had minus 10. Three turnovers uh, in the form of an interception from Asher O'Hara. So, I mean, you know, Asher O'Hara giveth and he taketh uh, with his uh, skills and abilities. I just wanted to mention Rutgers only had six first downs. What's going on up there is is just unspeakable. The Rutgers quarterback was 5 of 13 for one yard. That's the stats. Five of 13 for one yard. 0.1 yards per attempt. Oklahoma had uh, eight less plays, but still outgained Texas 5'11 to 310. Uh, the red zone turnovers by Hertz is what kept it within two scores the whole entire game. Temple had uh, uh, the same number of plays and 40 less yards, but they benefited from four Memphis turnovers, three fumbles, and an interception. Temple played very stout defense. Those th- Three of those turnovers came early, and they got up on the board fast. Memphis just couldn't come back. By the way, noon, ta- noon games, and we're both on Temple tweeting gifts. To, uh, we're, I think... 435 and nothing. And by the way, Temple is the number one underdog to back over the last 15 years. Uh, And that boy, they were really terrible about five, six, seven years ago, and things have just turned around for them. Man, there's so many stats that came out of this Georgia game. Uh, If you looked at the real-time box score, South Carolina had an 8% win uh, expectancy during this game. I mean, to... They had 297 total yards with 11 penalties. Uh, they were given four turnovers from Georgia, including... From uh, three picks. From had his first ever pick six. His first ever pick six. And then Rodrigo Blankenship, who I can't tweet enough about, doesn't get to kick a potential game-winning field goal from 60 yards, even though he's drilled a 55-yarder in the college football playoff. There's even a website, RodrigoBlankenship.com. Somebody's been tracking his field goal attempts and practice or like in practice and, and in pregame, and like he's apparently nailed a few 68-yarders. So why he didn't get to kick before it went to overtime, I have no clue. He ends up missing a kick in double overtime. We should probably talk about Georgia Futures, which came out at 16-1 to 1 today at the Westgate. This would be the time to get it. I mean, they control their own destiny. I mean, this this loss does zero. It just means that they can sweep, that they can't take a game off in November. But uh, yeah, listen, they win out, they're still going to the playoff. 8% win expectancy for South Carolina in this game. I think 16-1 to is good. If you want some Georgia money, I, I think they're still going to make the SEC championship game. If you buy 16-1, to 1, you're still going to be able to get out of it. So yeah, I know they had 200 more yards, but just I think that their schedule with no teams on it this month worked against them, and they got caught sleeping. Well, now they got to wake the fuck up. Their Twitter account's got to tweet something. <laughs> uh, since giving an update on Georgia taking the lead, they still didn't tweet the final score. Uh, everyone needs to wake the fuck up in Athens and look, look themselves in the mirror and find a way to win out. But, yeah, if you're going to – this is a time to buy Georgia futures. They're capable – 
of winning if they get in, and, and they it, still do have a path to get in. And they control their own destiny. All right, let's go through quickly every conference here. Just pick out a, a result or two. AAC, we mentioned Temple beating Memphis. Uh, Cincinnati responded well to the UCF game and got a win at Houston. I have the under that. It was a terrible call. It was much higher scoring than I thought it would be. Uh, UCF beat BYU. Uh, BYU team is on a big downslide there. I mean, they've had injuries as well. Uh, Tulane covers again. They blow out UConn. UConn's still the new UConn. Navy beats Tulsa. This is – follow this in the bet, regret category. What did I say every year? Navy-Tulsa goes over, and Navy yep. rolls Tulsa because Tulsa's 3-3-5, can't stop Navy. Navy wins 45-17. And Tulsa, Tulsa's offensive line is atrocious. The SMU comes off of a bye. And they're going to be one of the teams I'm laying money into here in the next 24 hours. That, that Tulsa game where they were just kind of off, and I think maybe they were looking towards a bye week. Uh, I think they were kind of on cruise control into the game. I think they kick it right back up this week. Yeah. Uh, ACC, Duke, Georgia Tech scores 23 and still can't cover. I don't know how they scored 23. Clemson covers. That's a file that and another bet regret. Vatek beats URI, but doesn't cover. Louisville beats Wake Forest 62-59 to in regulation. Wake Forest no longer undefeated. 62-59. You heard uh, that right. Louisville allowed 668 yards, and they still won by three. Um, all right, let's move on to the Big 12. Yeah, we talked about Oklahoma, Texas. Probably should have won. Iowa State blows out West Virginia. West Virginia, no show. And it's Brocktober. Baylor holds on to remain undefeated in double overtime over Texas Tech. Any Big 12 thoughts? I think Iowa State's going to keep rolling. Baylor's going to keep rolling. And I'm actually a little fearful of, of, of the Oklahoma State over six and over seven here. They're, Oklahoma State is really suspect on defense, and they're just not getting it done against their conference opponents. Can we talk about – I'm surprised you didn't mention box score forwards. Baylor won 33-30. They had 217 yards. Texas Tech had 510. Baylor gets outgained by 300 yards at home. Is that even right? Am I looking at the right box score? Mm-hmm. And they lose in double overtime. Texas Tech had 53 more plays and lost 33-30 in double overtime. They are going to be a play at seven against Iowa State this week at home. So the tortillas are going to be flying. Good luck fading Brocktober. Let's move on to the Big Ten. We talked about my dumpster fire of a pick in Michigan State. Unlucky in Iowa. Did cash the under in Minnesota, Nebraska. Minnesota gets another win. Remains undefeated. Keeping my futures alive. They just got to get there. They just got to get to Wisconsin. And they would play. They're going to play. They're going to be at Rutgers. Then they're going to host Minnesota. Then they host Penn State, which could be an interesting game. Uh, And then they're at Iowa. You know, and then it gets it gets a little tougher. They host Wisconsin, eleven uh, thirty for that division, potentially. The top three havoc teams in the nation on defense: number one, Wisconsin; number two, Ohio State; number three, Penn State. All three Big Ten teams. So the West is a dumpster fire. But if Minnesota just, you know, they can have one loss and then beat Wisconsin at home, and they have the tiebreaker. So keep an eye out on Minnesota, who still potentially has a, you know, they control their own destiny to get to the Big Ten championship. Now, they can't beat Ohio State, uh, but that's another story. Well, North- um, that's because Northwestern's going to do it on Friday against uh, Ohio State, right? Well, we need, we'll need <laughs> the most amount of voodoo we've ever seen out of Northwestern. All right, Michigan beats Illinois, 42-25. I woke up your boys. I offered to buy your ticket. You give me a dollar, I give you a handshake. 
Yep. And Illinois comes back to cover out of nowhere. Yeah. It's not. It's not like I don't know what I'm losing. I love it when you like. I mean, you don't. You don't even like kind of hit me with kid gloves, man. You just throwing a dart straight at my heart because I knew Illinois was just blowing this shit. Like if you took all the Illinois bets out of my freaking account and you took them out of the action app, I'll be so much higher. <laughs> but I mean, you just went straight for it. Well, yeah, it's all good fun. You know that. Illinois is killing me. I got to stop betting on them. They cover. This is a start of a new. It's too high again. Against Wisconsin, 29 is too much. Now I got to take them again. Back to the Illini. This is a new chapter with you and the Illini's relationship. Them coming back. Purdue smacks Maryland yes. at home, 40-14. to 14. I mean, Maryland, just a disaster. Plummer for Purdue threw for over 400 yards. He was 33-41 yeah. of 41 for 420. Three touchdowns, no picks. Purdue puts up 547 yards at seven yards per play. So do not get impressed by Penn State because they beat this Maryland team 150 well, to nothing. Purdue's practice squad just beat Maryland 4-14. The plumber kid is, is legit. He's for real. All right, let's move on to Conference USA. Southern Miss, I had them there. I did well with Conference USA on Saturday. They won 45-27. I didn't get that line. They were only minus three at home. Marshall beats Old Dominion, doesn't cover 31-17. UAB covers despite the wrestling match outside. La Tech beats UMass 69. Nice. 21. Uh, UMass just a complete dumpster fire again. La Tech had 689 yards. That's all you need to know. Uh, and then FIU just drills, drills Charlotte at home. Uh, 48-23. FIU is finally turning a corner. They had over 500 yards of offense. I mean, this was a team that was uh, top 25 in Havoc and Havoc allowed on both sides of the ball last year. Big plans for James Morgan. Uh, they returned almost everybody for Butch Davis down there. And I'm just, you know, between just inconsistency, inefficiency, and injury and uh, just a lack of desire through the non-conference play, I wonder if, you know, they finally turned it around. I Obviously, uh, there's a lot of work to do and a lot of things need to fall the right way. But uh, FIU is finally playing back to 2018 level again. Yep. All right. Let's move on to some action. Uh, Central Michigan. I lose again with the Mexico State. I am uh, so tired of Bear losing bets on that team. Central Michigan wins 42-28. We got to talk about this game. Bowling Green as 26.5-point underdogs beats Toledo 20-7. to that's 26 and a half foot dogs. They have 425 yards of offense, 6.9 yards per play. What the fuck is this game? There's only one net turnover, too. I mean, seven it, points it, for Toledo? It's a legit beatdown. I mean, Toledo only had 132 rushing yards. Uh, I mean, their quarterback did get hurt, but I mean, that's not the only reason that they lost this game. I mean, it was just. Who's the best team in the MAC right now? I have Western Michigan two points ahead of Ohio. Uh, looking at the Ohio standard. lost to Northern Illinois at home. Yep. Um, 39-36 uh, in a game where Ohio gave up 510 yards. And so I've got Western Michigan at the top, and I'm just going to read down the list, and I'll tell you, this is the number of teams. It's really close, but this is the teams that I have right under Western Michigan and on a neutral field what I would make the game. So Ohio would be plus two against Western Michigan. Northern Illinois would be plus two and a half against Western Michigan. Toledo would be plus three against Western Michigan. Ball State would be plus five against Western Michigan. And then it falls off the table down to Kent and Buffalo. So, like, even Ball State is starting to creep up there where they would be a plus five on a neutral to Western Michigan. It's brutal. As of right now, the MAC championship would be Ball State versus Kent State. Kent State is first place in the East at 2-0 and all by themselves. Kent State, they beat Akron 26-3. to Akron doesn't cover again. It's just sad at this point. Uh, they scored three points at home against Kent State. 
Uh, Ball State, who's in first place in the West, goes on the road that and game. beats Eastern Michigan. Yeah, I mean, usually I don't try to fill everybody's Twitter timeline up with a bunch of Mac bullshit uh, in the middle of Saturday when there's some major prime games going on. But <laughs> Ball State had a six-point lead. Now, remember, I, I think I had uh, Ball State pick them. So Ball State had a six-point lead with, with under two minutes, like a, a minute 50 left to go. They got down to the 28 of Eastern Michigan and lined up their punt team. Lined up their punt team, and then they called a timeout to think about it, and then they came back out with the punt team again and got a delay a game. They had a delay a game out of the timeout, intending to punt again. They weren't trying to run the clock out and back up, but they had, it happened anyway. So they got back to the thirty-three of EMU, and then they punted back net, punted, net of eight, yeah. net of eight oh. yards, and, and then so EMU comes out and and Glass gets it all the way down, all the way down to the end zone. Even had a reception in the end zone where the receiver's foot was just barely touching some white. Ball State survives by the skin of their balls. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was one of the worst. That why are you trying to punt from the twenty-eight? Just kick a field goal. What the or fuck George is going on? It. Or go for it. It was fourth and two. It was fourth and two. <laughs> I'm still hot about it. I don't know what the hell was going on there. There's a reason why these guys don't get out of the MAC conference and why they're just high school implants and glorified FBS football. Western Michigan took care of business against Miami of Ohio. Uh, 38 to 16 in Kalamazoo. Uh, Western Michigan actually got outgained 365 to 310 in that game, a very misleading final score. Um, all right, let's get out of the Mac um, and move on to the Mountain West. We had Air Force, uh, easy winner for me there. I didn't understand that line at all. I mean, Fresno was up at the half, um, but we figured Air Force would be able to run it, they would dominate the trenches. I mean, that's what happened. They had 421 yards. Fresno State only had 268. Uh, Air Force wins 43-24. Colorado State, Friday night, won 35-21. UNLV rolls at Vanderbilt. Still has me scratching my head. Nevada holds on to beat San Jose State 41-38. Boise State just trucks Hawaii. Nothing Hawaii could do to stop that Boise State offense. Uh, and then San Diego State ends the Wyoming voodoo, which was hanging around for a very long time. Uh, Sean Chambers again. This is the same box score for every Wyoming game. Sean Chambers, 5 of 14 passing, uh, 35%. That's what they complete every week for 100 yards. Uh, and then San Diego State holds on in a cover that was up in the air for most of the game. Uh, any thoughts on the Mountain West? Yeah, just other than, well, Wyoming. Uh, we could spend a whole podcast on them, but... Uh, you know, Boise lost Hank Bachmeyer. So he's been their quarterback uh, yep. the entire – yeah, freshman quarterback has gone for the season. Chase Cord came in and threw 175 yards and three touchdowns. They do a very competent backup. Yeah, Brian Harrison uh, has said that, you know, they're stocked at the position. They're going to be fine. But just something to note. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to the Pac-12. Uh, Oregon embarrassed Colorado on Friday night. Notre Dame holds on for a win, but not a cover, luckily. Uh, USC uh, gets that – cover and you know the yardage is, is a pretty even box score if you take a look at it but usc drops that game notre dame holds on keeps their playoff chances alive by the way uh they need some other things to happen if they, they just they first of all need to win out uh washington rolls arizona we were both dead wrong on this game washington very impressive gets a tick up a uh, hard team to figure out but washington had 450 yards at 6.7 yards per play and mm -hmm. their defense finally showed up i mean that held arizona to five yards per play not elite but a lot better than it's looked and uh they win mainly thanks to their offense, 51-27. Just when you think you can believe in someone, uh, Arizona goes out and uh, pulls off uh, just a complete stinker. Uh, Arizona State holds on to beat Washington State 
setting up a big showdown with Utah next week, which we'll, we'll get into. Uh, Washington State did what Washington State does. They threw it 64 times for 466 yards. But they're all fed. their defense, new coordinator, didn't matter. Arizona State, 7.8 yards per play, 532 yards. Uh, the Washington State defense remains a train wreck. And then Utah just comes out and steamrolls Oregon State uh, in Corvallis, 52 to seven yeah Oregon State's known for being a rushing team they had 48 yards against Utah and 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 saying that with that with that final score there I don't think we've seen the full strength of Utah yet I think we're going to get a little piece of that against Arizona State this week and the upset of the weekend is probably going to be coming in Seattle this week the problem with fading Arizona State who's a 13 and a half point underdog is that every single game that Arizona State plays is like a four-point game with a minute to go whenever they play a power five opponent Every single time, it's a four-point game with a minute to go. But I, I would tend to agree with you on the surface. But Herm, and, and Herm Zach, Edwards, regardless of who he plays, it's like four-point game, a minute to go. Zach Moss coming back a little bit earlier than expected is just a, a huge boost to this offense. Makes them multidimensional. That, I mean, they already were a really good offense. But, I mean, Zach Moss being back, they're full strength. Yep. Um, all right, let's get into the SEC. Bama gets the win over Texas A&M and covers, although it wasn't that impressive. I actually ticked them down a half point. Uh, Texas A&M had you know, 389 yards. The cover was up in the air for most of the game. And uh, Bama ends up winning 47-28. There, you know, there's a A&M had a big fumble loss uh, that really took the cover out of their hands. Bama obviously deserved to win the game. And Tua did what Tua does. Uh, through four touchdowns, and you know they had some explosive plays in the passing game. Uh, but you know, A and M was hanging around for a while. Any thoughts on that game? The yards after catch with Alabama are just—it's impossible to control. You have to have the most athletic secondary in the world to keep Waddle, Judy. These kids are unbelievable in space. Uh, they're doing everything that we saw from Clemson in the national championship game this year. Is what Alabama's receivers are. All of these guys are going to be playing at the next level. Uh, so you know, A and M did their job, but they can't—they didn't do it on every single play, and especially when, when the Alabama receivers got into space. It didn't matter if they caught it at the two or if they caught it at the five-yard marker or the ten-yard marker. These guys just can take off. So, uh, you know, tough spot for Texas A&M. And, and you know, they're going to – at some point, I think they're going to upset somebody. Uh, so we'll see if that pays off all these, all these tough games they've got to play. We'll see if it pays off down the stretch. Yep. Uh, Tennessee beats Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a mess. Moorhead's got to be on his way out. I don't know what's going on with that team. But, I mean, you – and I said it on the – our show, live show on Saturday morning, we might see four quarterbacks. We did. Yep. Uh, Schrader, 5 of 10, 79 yards. Stevens, 6 of 11, 67 yards with two picks. They were just throwing it to Tennessee. Just awful throws. Tennessee benched their freshman quarterback, Maurer, who threw two horrible picks in the red zone. That game could have gotten a lot uguglier, but Mississippi State, a mess. Yeah, I think Maurer was a little concussed also, too. But, you know, I mean, we look for Tennessee if they're, if they're going to pick it up offensively. I, I don't know how good this is for Tennessee or how bad it is for Mississippi State because I've been saying this for weeks. Joe Moorhead desperately needs a defensive coordinator, and now the offensive side of the ball looks like a just complete disaster, and that's the part he's supposed to own. Yeah, and you would think it's a great buy, low, sell, high spot against LSU next week. No. But I don't know if I can do it for based on what I've seen out of their defense. I think I think if you're the LSU defense, you're looking to have a good game. I mean, because you haven't had a couple. Yep. Um. Yeah. Everything about Mississippi State that I've seen looks very bad. Um, South Carolina, we mentioned in the upset of the weekend, not the largest because that was Toledo going down as far as points. Red is concerned, but for with national implications, that was the biggest. UNLV rolls Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt just might, this might be rock bottom. Missouri beats Mississippi 38-27. And in the battle of uh our teams, I guess you would say, Kentucky comes out ahead 
24-20 with uh, Lynn Bowden playing quarterback. That line yeah. crashed before kick, and someone out there middled it because it was seven, and then I mean, three and, came a half. Down, and then it closed three and a half. So Kentucky covered the closing line. Arkansas closed if you bet them for most of the week. But, yeah, they played Lynn Bowden, a quarterback, who threw it 11 times, only for 78 yards. But he ran it 24 times for 196 yards. And Arkansas uh, ultimately couldn't do anything about it. They were outgained by over 100 yards. Any thoughts on your hogs? Yeah, I mean, I know the spread was seven when you and I podcasted. And then even when you and I hopped on, did our Saturday morning show, you know, for the Action Network, uh, that thing went from seven to three and a half. I mean, major steam came in and whacked it. Uh, but I mean, I still stand by, I, I don't bet regret anything about not playing that game. And I still stand by the fact that I can't trust Starkle and Ben Hicks with, with, with my money. Uh, Nick Starkle, seven of 19 for 41 yards, Ben Hicks, five of eight for 81 yards. Just pathetic from a, uh, from a guy like Chad Morris, who was a, a just considered a genius with Deshaun Watson at Clemson. It's just strikingly mystifying to me. Yeah. Well, Kentucky now with their seemingly new wildcat offense, I don't know if they're going to keep running it. They go to Georgia. Next week, they could get smoked in that game. It could be a good spot to back George. We'll talk about that later in the week. Speaking of next week, we don't need to talk about the Sun Belt. We've talked about them enough uh, this week. So that's kind of the recap of the weekend. Speaking of next week, and Arkansas hosts Auburn, by the way, you know, next week is not a great week of college football. We don't care. We care about every single week and just the slate and finding value. But from a national perspective, you know, Oregon and Washington, then you have, you know, Arizona State. Utah, which I think is probably the best game of the weekend, and then Michigan-Penn State. That's pretty much it. Then you're going to see a ton of huge spreads. I mean, even Utah is close to a two-touchdown favorite. But as always, we don't care. But let's start. We'll get to all those games. Our favorite later in the week. We record the second podcast of the week on Thursdays. comes out Friday. We go over the Friday night card and the Saturday card. And we always, on Sunday night, go through any games during the week. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's Midweek Madness. We have another Wednesday game. Voicemails will be hot. South Alabama at Troy. Troy laying 14 and a half. I will already say it right here, right now. I don't care. Don't want to bet it. We'll, we'll not be betting it. I will be watching baseball with my eye on this on a smaller TV. You know, if this got under 14, maybe I'd look at Troy. But a 14 and a half, no interest. How about you? Anything here? Oh, I'm I'm going to be betting this. I think I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be betting this. So I make this game 16. It's at 14 and a half. I think it's going to take a little bit of steam because I think the people that do want to bet this game are going to look at Troy and say, "Oh shit, it's Troy. Got to bet Troy." Uh, kind of like with App State last week. I knew that when App State got to plus three, that they would take money uh, just on name recognition alone. So let's talk about Troy real quick. So I make this 16. Uh, so the point spread is going to be probably in the dead zone all week, probably around 15, 15 and a half. And Troy has yet to force a fumble this season, which is amazing. There isn't many teams out there that hasn't yet forced a fumble, but Troy's one of them. They rank 130th in opponent passing yards per attempt. They're letting people throw all over them. They are the worst in the country. Their quarterback, let's switch over to offense. Their quarterback, Caleb Barker, definitely questionable uh, uh, per Chip Lindsay, the head coach. Gunnar Watson came in uh, in relief of Caleb Barker after he was injured in their last game. He went 5 of 9 for 58 yards against Mizzou, so not highly efficient. Uh, a lot of 4-yard, 7-yard dumps. 
Uh, Troy's offense was all based upon passing. It was all on Caleb Barker. They're 126 and rushes over 20 yards. They cannot rush the ball at all. No Barker, and it makes South Alabama a little bit of a play and maybe a little bit of value if Barker's out, and that's the only, that's the one-trick pony that Troy can do. The Jags did score 17 and covered in their last two games against Georgia Southern and ULM, uh, and the only team that Troy has beaten and covered this season, do you know off the top of your head? Akron. Troy Akron, yeah. yeah Akron. It's the only team they've beaten or covered this season, and and so if Barker's out, this is a South Alabama play, so keep your ears down and, and listen to hear about that Barker news out, out of Troy. Yeah, I just don't know if South Alabama and our boy Cephas at quarterback uh, is the offense to take advantage of Troy, but you make all valid points, um, especially with if Barker is out. Staying in the Sunbelt on Thursday night, we have more Sunbelt action. ULL, who the people are mad at for last week, uh, <laughs> minus five and a half, six-ish point road favorites at Arkansas State, who's just extremely banged up. They can't cover the run. They're giving up over five yards a carry, 111th in the nation in rush defense, um, which is the first thing you got to look at when playing UL. You see anything here? Listen, you think you people out there are pissed? Billy Napier is running uh, reverses on third and one. I don't think anybody could have been more upset than me, especially when you can't live bet yourself out of it because App State runs like a 19, 19 play drive for twelve minutes. I mean, it was, I had plus three and a half live on them and lost. That was it, oh. it's it was, and, and you know what? The Sun Belt refs helped get that in. They absolutely helped. The spot, there was a spot on a fourth down. Late flag from the ref 20 yards away. Late flag. It was, yeah. Oh, anyway. So, speaking of that, ULL Arkansas State. Arkansas State's D has given up more than 500 yards four times this season. Rushing and a wise, lot of injuries, too. <clears throat> to be yep. Fair. Rushing-wise, they've given up 340 to Georgia State, 230 to Southern Illinois, 268 to Georgia. And uh, Troy, who doesn't run at all, they got 143 yards on Arkansas State. So ULL is top 25 in opponent plays over 20 yards from rush and pass. So the Raging Cajuns have been really good at stopping explosive plays. And Arkansas State is a pass-dominant team, but ULL is 18th in opponent's pass yards per attempt. So it seems that what Arkansas State is capable of doing, ULL is capable of stopping. That being said, this number should be 2.5. I've got it at 2.5, so I don't think it should be above 3 this number is up at six, five and a half at certain places. That may not seem like a lot of value, uh, but you know it. It, it was <laughs> these Sun Belt games. You'll take every point you can get. So I'm going to be looking at Arkansas State, especially if it's six gets any higher. I know it's gross, but uh, you know, I mean, the number is the number, and, and at this point in the season, I, I've got to trust. Uh, it's just too high. I'll tell you this, I feel more comfortable about taking South Alabama on Wednesday than I do taking about Arkansas State on a Thursday. Just so many injuries that that team has endured. I can't get behind them. <clears throat> All right, let's. And then the last game on Thursday night. This is. I don't even know if there's a line out here uh, mm-hmm. for UCLA at Stanford. This is the questionable bowl. UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson, their quarterback who was hurt. Monster came in for him really ineffective. But Robinson, I believe, is questionable. He could play. And then on Stanford, their whole offensive line is questionable. Mm-hmm. Is Costello coming back? He's questionable. Or his backup, Davis Mills, I think he's questionable. And, you know, he's a big-time recruit and played really well against Washington. So I don't know who's playing in this game and who's not, and if even if there is a line yet. I, the last time I looked, there wasn't. What do you see here? Yeah, Circa's the only one to put out a number. They put out minus 7.5 on the game. Stanford, Stanford opened up minus 7.5, got up to 10.5. It's now settled at 10. Right now, Circa is the only odds maker on the board 
Uh, a look ahead line on this from FanDuel was uh, uh, minus four and a half for Stanford, but now this is settled at minus 10. They're the only operator on the board as of Sunday night to offer this game. And for me, it, it comes down to exactly the too many unknowns with the quarterbacks on each side of this. But I will say this UCLA is 129th in the nation and opponent passes over 20 yards. KJ Costello news is good and he's back for this game, which we don't know. I mean, it's all up in the air. We haven't heard anything. Uh, but if KJ Costello is playing in this game, then it's a play on Stanford. I make the game nine. It's at 10, so there's no real value in the number. But K.J. Costello against this pass defense of UCLA, there is value, and definitely the 9 or the 10 uh, with taking Stanford. Well, there you have it. We'll have much more on that game on the app on theactionnetwork.com. Uh, we'll cover all the weekday games as we always do. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes during the week. Uh, our fantasy episode, and Chris Raybon and I back on Thursday for the NFL against the spread preview Colin and I will return on Friday to our Friday night's games and the entire Saturday slate. So thanks again. Thanks for joining me, Colin. Uh, Unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. You know the drill. We'll catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out.